0: Hey, 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 and welcome to the new show, right here on Active FM, where radio has never been better. I'm your girl, Cynthia, but you know you can call me Gix. And like I said, you're listening to the new show on Active FM, and I'm here to give you the lowdown on what's happening in the world around you. And I don't know about you, but I am super excited. We are two weeks, two weeks, well, three Fridays, but two weeks away from Christmas Day, I'm super excited for that. I know that myself and my family were putting up our Christmas tree over the weekend and we were like super excited. I was singing Christmas songs with my little brother. My sister thought I was weird. My other brother thought I was weird. My mother was just smiling the whole time. But hey, we're in the Christmas mood and so it's really exciting and I'm excited for Christmas. But I'm here as we wait for Christmas to come. There's still things happening in the world around us. And I'm going to be speaking about five things that are happening in South Africa this week or that have been happening in South Africa. And I know I've done this before where we've spoken about stuff. But, you know, news changes and certain things change as well. So that's what we're going to be speaking about. I'm your girl, Cynthia. But like I said, this is the new show on Active FM where radio has never been better. The wait is over. Is over. Hold on tight. We are in the overdrive. Welcome. This is your favorite station. Stay tuned. Turn up the volume. The volume. The 2, 1. 1, oh, to see the light. Go! Active. Active. Active FM. FM. Big thing that is happening in South Africa, whilst the biggest thing that's happening around the world and stuff is the coronavirus. And um, if you look at the global COVID-19 infections, they have hit, and I'm speaking as of today, they have hit 66.4 million confirmed cases. With the death toll reaching 1,530,000, and if you look in South Africa alone, there have been 4,116 new cases, taking the total reported to 814,565, Deaths have reached 22,206, a daily increase of 139, while recoveries have climbed to 744,780, leaving the country with a balance of 47,579 active cases. Right now, obviously, with the whole COVID-19 situation, certain places have been locked down. I know here in South Africa, Eastern Cape, Port Elizabeth has been put under lockdown and they're looking at putting places in the Western Cape under lockdown as well. I know that my family travel plans had to change because of lockdowns that are happening in specific provinces in South Africa. And if you're finding yourself going to a province that is in potential lockdown, please do be careful because um, you might find yourself stuck in in the province and you can't travel back home. But that's what's happening with the corona cases here in South Africa. Now the next big thing this is something that I didn't really know of until someone I know who's in matric. Um, If you don't know what a matric pupil is a matric student is 12th grade so they're doing their final year in high school. But there have been a whole lot of final exam leaks the the papers have been leaking and and they've been so much rewrites and the teachers uni- unions and lawyers representing matric pupils are pushing back against the education department's decision to make grade 12s rewrite two final papers after they leaked ahead of the sitting of the exams un- unions accuse the department of punishing pupils for its own failure to make the exam secure while lawyers want detailed reason for why the decision to rewrite was taken, the legal reps also accuse the department of, of pun- punishing thousands of pupils over actions of a few adults. And I know that I was speaking to someone in my life who is in matric, and she was speaking about how she doesn't find it fair because she's done. She was done writing, and now all of a sudden they need to rewrite Matt's paper too. And Matt's paper two is usually one of the harder harder math papers that they have to write, and now she's, she was finished in her head, she was done writing, she doesn't really need to go back and, uh, and write, and she, she felt that it was unfair towards her and other kids who had nothing to do with the fact that the paper wasn't even leaked in their school or whatever or, and, and, and stuff, and she still needs to uh, rewrite this exam. The Hawks and the department's investigative team probing the leak have so far trapped 200 pupils involved in the breach. The National Professional Teachers Organization of South Africa said it's unacceptable that all matriculants will have to suffer the consequences of the poor decision made by a few. The organization's basal manual said only the pupils implicated in the matric exam leak scandal should have to rewrite the paper, which I also think that should be the case. I mean, there's so many students who studied for that math paper too, and I did math paper too once, and just like, some of these questions are interesting. But um, if they found 200 pupils, then they need to let those 200 pupils actually redo Basil Manuel also said and I'm quoting what he said he said only 200 have been found to have actually have ex- had access to the paper now to punish such a large number is an overreaction if you simply only focus on those who had the paper or the schools where the paper was that will detract from the integrity of from the t- integrity of the exam We are saying those who are guilty must be punished, but don't punish the innocent ones as well. Which I also think is fair. I mean, there are so many metrics we have to rewrite. And if you look at... Some of the communities where the students write, they don't really have that much access. Or I know where I went to high school, there were kids that were traveling from very far to actually get to the school to write the exams now. They have to now find more cash and all of these things to go back to school and stuff. And I don't think it's fair. So I think the schools where the exam was actually leaked should be... Punished. They, those schools should be the ones that you read, re- rewrite, or those specific pupils that they found to have um, seen the exam, bef- the two exams. The exams are physical science and maths paper two those are the students that should actually rewrite. Now the third big thing that is happening in South Africa is matric rage gatherings identified as COVID-19 super-spreader events. Uh, The 2020 matric rage gathering have been identified as COVID-19 super-spreader events. This is after several pupils attending the events in KwaZulu-Natal tested positive. The events that took place so far are in Balito, from the 27th of november to the 4th of december so that happened last week at jeffrey's bay from the 26th of november to the 6th of december which was also this last weekend the johannesburg rage is scheduled to for the 12th to the 13th of december Plettenberg bay rage is scheduled for the 29th of january to the 6th of february 2021. rage festivals are usually attended by pupils to mark the end of the matric year now, according to the health uh, ministry, all of those who, at- who attended the events are regarded as potential COVID 19 contact. Attendees are urged to self quarantine for 10 days and to get uh, tested. Now, health minister Dr. william Mkizie says that the super spreader events are proof of the dangers of what happens when large crowds consume alcohol. Now, these RAGE events, obviously, they used to celebrate the, um, the completing of the matric year and stuff. But I don't think that they should have it. Well, that's my own thought. But obviously, they're speaking about the fact that there are super spreader events and quite a few students that have actually attended these events so far. So it's obviously in KwaZulu-Natal and, 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 and Jeffreys Bay have tested positive for COVID-19. But now here's my problem. They're not making this such a big deal as they made it with uh, that place in Cape Town, the the pub in Cape Town that had a super. I'm using inverted commas as my with my fingers, but they had a super spreader event, and that guy was that the guy who owned the pub was slated on newspapers and things and all of these things but with these specific events because it's not just one event but these specific events there are a whole lot of gatherings there are a whole lot of students going to these rages and they, they're not making such a big deal as it's supposed to be because these are super spread events and um our december could possibly be taken away if this continues. So that's the third thing. Now, the fourth thing that is happening in South Africa is lockdowns and travel bans may still affect expats. Despite some relief regarding tax exemption on foreign employment income, South African expats who were stuck in the country during COVID-19 hard lockdown may still be adversely affected. Uh, despite a relaxation in the number of days they have to be physically outside South Africa to qualify for the 1.25 million tax exemption on foreign employment income. Now, the National Treasury and the South African Revenue Services proposed that the 118 days be reduced to 117 to compensate for the level five and level four lockdowns in South Africa when they could not leave the country. However, industry players noted that the amendment may not be sufficient because even if they could leave South Africa, there would still be other international travel bans. If you look at the submissions to the Treasury, both the South African Institute of Tax Professionals and the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants made submissions to Treasury raising their concerns about potential adverse tax consequences for taxpayers despite the change. And the industry bodies noted the fact that they were not offered the opportunity to comment earlier on the change as it was not included in the draft taxation laws amendment bill. Nor was it part of the original tranche of uh, COVID-19 tax relief. Their concerns forced them to make the submissions outside of the normal legislative process. The South African Institute of Tax Professionals, Personal Income and Employment Tax Work Group says it in its submission that foreign source employment income earned between March 1st, 2020, and February 28, 2021, and beyond would ordinarily have been tax exempt. And they basically say that, however, as a result of the various lockdown regulations, the same foreign sourced employment income would not be exempt due to the inability to meet the 183-day requirement. And they're basically saying that it's complicated. The South African Institute of Tax Professionals add that the premise on which the calculation is based, the 66 days that they're calculating, is that South African tax Residents were prevented from leaving South Africa to take up employment abroad during lockdown levels 5 and 4. However, the South African lockdown was complicated and continues to be by travel bans that were implemented worldwide. And they basically say that the foreign country lockdowns or travel bans resulted in many individuals being unable to leave or enter South Africa to perform their duties in the country of residence, in the country where they were assigned or in the country where the employer may be incorporated. Now, David Vannecker, chair of Saika's National Tax Committee, says that in its submission that although it appreciates the late relaxation of the number of days rule, the concern remains that the 66-day reduction of the 183 days is not sufficient. And we also see the problem in limited flights. You say that it was not that easy or affordable for many individuals to leave South Africa during Level 3 lockdown period, as there were a restricted number of flights traveling during that time. He added that even if people were able to leave South Africa, they were unable to enter the country where they were working due to travel bans imposed in those countries. Now both Saika and SAIT referred to travel restrictions in Italy, Mexico and Saudi Arabia and some Chinese employers requesting South Africans not to return from their annual Christmas holidays in January. They go on and about the double tax impact. Another concern raised by Wernica is that irrespective of the number of days the individuals were stuck in South Africa, the remuneration earned during that time is regarded as being of a South African source. Since the work was done in South Africa and not in the foreign country, it will be fully taxable in South Africa. So if you're working for a company here in South Africa, but it was abroad, it will still be taxable here in South Africa. That's what they're saying. Now, in the meantime, the foreign employer will withhold the foreign taxes from the remuneration, resulting in double taxation and no Section 6 squat relief would be available. Now, Section 6 relief is offered where the taxpayers' income from work done in the foreign country has already been subjected to tax in that country. So that will be available for those who are working here for other companies abroad. Now, the proposals are, SICA has proposed that the presence of an individual in South Africa if it was as a result of travel restrictions related to COVID-19, so it's not just any individual, should be disregarded. If this is not accepted, SICA further proposed that a temporary relief measure be incorporated into the section dealing with foreign income tax exemption by removing or reducing the requirement to be physically outside of South Africa when doing work for the foreign employer when they could not leave the country due to the COVID-19 travel ban. So that is what is happening with the expats. And obviously these are people who work in the country for countries abroad or who couldn't travel back to the countries that they work for and were stuck in South Africa because of travel restrictions. Now, the next thing is, and this is the fifth thing, fifth and final thing, is the whole Ace Makashule situation. Now, dealing with Ace, how the last shred of the ANC's legitimacy is about to step aside. This Monday morning, the ANC National Executive Committee meeting that is expected to decide, so that's today, Whether Ace Shule will step aside as Secretary-General is due to resume after starting on Sunday evening. There are many dynamics that are swelling around this meeting with legal opinions and WhatsApps flying about at a furious rate. While it is not possible to accurately make predictions at this stage, there are signs that the balance of power is shifting. Key to this may be the views of Deputy President David Mabuza and the ANC's Treasurer General Paul Mashatile, but the probable decision to not even temporarily remove Mahashule will further weaken the party and what is left of its authority. Now, whether Mahashule will be forced to step aside is one of the fundamental questions facing the ANC. If he remains as Secretary General, and is able to go through a criminal trial while still occupying this position, the ANC will be weakened in the eyes of voters during an election year. And I totally agree with that. The fact that they're even still having to decide is already a problem. I mean, this guy is being implicated or he's being charged for serious crimes and you're still deciding on whether or not he should be the secretary general of the ANC. There has been much informed reporting about a series of legal opinions in which lawyers have expressed different views about whether Mahashule or anyone in his position can be forced to step aside. It would appear that three of these opinions says he cannot, while one says he can. What they do reveal is that this is not just a legal question at first and foremost, a political one? Will Mahashulu face criminal trial while Secretary General of, of the African National Congress? And if he was found guilty, would he remain in office while appealing? Would he cling to the office? And these are the questions that people are asking. Would he cling to office until the Constitutional Court gives a final ruling? Uh, That could take years during which the time ANC would have a convicted criminal as its secretary general. Can you see that that is actually going to hurt the ANC really, really badly? I mean, imagine the secretary general of this party is a criminal, convicted criminal. That means no one is equal under the law and they basically spitting in the face of the law that they themselves have created. And what would happen if more charges are brought against him, which appears more than likely? I mean, we we know in the book that was released about Isma of all the things that he, was, he has been implicated of, but there's no evidence in inverted commas. And stuff and right now he's only being implicated for 240 million rand and there's so much more that he has done so that too can come out in the light now the nc appears to be relying on the assumption that a person who is criminally charged will voluntarily step down why would someone who has done something wrong now be moved by the conscience to do something right? That is a question that people are also asking, which is a valid question. I mean, he's been Secretary General for quite a long time and he's been doing what he's doing. Why all of a sudden would he change his mind and be like, no, let me step down because I, this is hurting the ANC. Because this is most likely a political question, the internal politics of the ANC and the NEC itself are what will determine the answer. It is likely that key to what happens will be the position taken by Mabuza and Mashatile. In the months after Mabuza and Mashatile were elected to the top six at Nazareth, it appeared that they supported President Cyril Ramaphosa. They helped him to stand up to Jacob Zuma and must have been involved in the NEC decision in 2018 that led Zuma resigning from office. There was also some evidence that Mabuza opposed Mahashule. In March 2018, he used Parliament to publicly criticize Mahashule for spending 20 million rand on a farewell party, in inverted commas, when he resigned as partner of the free states to take up the ANC job. But in, in City Press on Sunday, it was suggested that Mabuza and Mashatile uh, would back Mahashule. Uh, this should not come as a surprise as it is in their own interest. Uh, Mabuza faces possible legal problems of his own. A new book reveals the role he is alleged to have played in forcing a Mpumalanga landowner to give up his property. This issue is the subject of court action that would put Mabuza in a difficult uh, position. And of course, if uh, He faces claims first published in the New York Times about widespread corruption in Mpumalanga when he was still the premier there. Mabuza is well aware that should something bad happen to Mahashule, it would set a painful precedent that might end up biting him too. The same may apply for Mashatile. There were many claims made over a decade ago about what was called the Alex Mafia, uh, in inverted commas, of which he was accused of being an important part. Last year, he had uh, to defend himself against these claims again during a hearing of the South African Human Rights uh, Commission. And they will be very aware that Ramaphosa is the only person with the legal authority as president to remove a national director of public prosecutions who would make the ultimate decision as to whether or not criminal charges would be instituted against him. So there's obviously a lot that's going on with this whole Ace Machashule case. And today they're still meeting about whether or not he should step down voluntarily or they should actually take him off of the position. And the two people that could possibly let him step down are not clean fish themselves. Um, they, too, have things in the closet that they're hiding, and there 's a possibility that Ace Mahashule actually has evidence against them and could use those cases against them as well so um, if we look in effect, if the NEC does not remove Mahashule from his position, they are saying that their earlier decision was a nonsense one, and if that is the case, does this NEC have any legitimacy whatsoever? This would strengthen what is really the dominant dynamic in the ANC at the moment, the weakening of the central political authority. So there's quite a lot. So the the ANC is literally caught up in a rock, and a, between a rock and a hard place right now, because if they keep Ace Maheshule in his position, they have the convicted criminal in position, and if they take him off of the position there's people that he could implicate along with him so ANC we hope that you guys do the right thing and you know what the right thing is and yeah that's all we have for today's segment let me know your thoughts on our social media pages I'm your girl Cynthia but you know you can call me Gix. right here on active family radio has never been better rapid trade is passionate about mobility and solutions that make a difference in your business from mobile sales and sales management to van sales and proof of delivery. For a, For a demo, demo, call Rapid Trade 11 Rapid Trade, ahead, ahead of, of the, of the game. game. So we obviously have been speaking about five things that have happened in South Africa. And I want to know what your thoughts are. Do you know more about these things? Did you not know that these were happening in South Africa? Let me... Uh, no, so we are on Instagram at activefm777, we are on Facebook first slash activefm, and we are on Twitter and Polar at activefm, and you can download this amazing, amazing show on www.activefm.co.za, you can also download our show on Google Podcasts and on Apple Podcasts, and we're also on Spotify, so get downloading, get commenting, let me know your thoughts, holler at me if you want to. I'm your girl Cynthia, but you know you can call me Gigs. Right here on Active FM where radio has never been better. Active FM radio has never been better.